0: Mike are you ready? I'm ready. Let's play ball. So you are a baseball researcher. How did you become one and what kinds of things does a baseball researcher look into?
1: So my background's in kinesiology. My first day of grade nine the phys ed teacher at my high school was looking for somebody to be an athletic therapist for the football team and at four foot 11 at that time I Wasn't going to be playing any football. So I said, that sounds interesting. And I I got sent to the University of Windsor and learned how to tape ankles and and wrists and elbows and all those first aid, first responder type activities. And I was pretty confident that I was going to remain in, in athletic therapy for a career. I got accepted to a bachelor's of human kinetics program at the University of Windsor. And in there, I, I was the athletic trainer for the, the football team. The women's hockey team did a bunch of work with the community in athletic therapy, but nothing with baseball. And as I progressed through my schooling, by the time I got into to my PhD in, in biomechanics, that was right around the time that baseball was looking at the pitch clock rule. And my whole PhD thesis was on how much we could predict how much fatigue people had. And I said, if you're going to put in a pitch clock, that's going to result in, in people having more fatigue. And I wrote a paper on that. It got really well uh, received. I'd always been a massive baseball fan, just hadn't really worked in it. And that kind of acted as a springboard and started writing for a couple different blogs. And then combining a bunch of my passions together has, has led to where I am now, where we're actually creating products to, have, to help answer those questions in baseball.
0: So you have done quite a bit of biomechanic work with the baseball development group up in Canada. Can you tell us what a biomechanics lab setup looks like? And what are some of the key findings you find working with players?
1: So your more traditional biomechanics lab is typically going to have what we refer to as an optical motion capture uh, system. Sammy, I'm sure you've seen videos of baseball players getting their biomechanics assessed But for the general audience, what we typically see is when people like mostly professional athletes are getting uh, their mechanics assessed for video games, like for EA Sports or something like that. So it's very similar, uh, very similar technology. And in a biomechanics lab, what you basically do is you put all these little remote sensors on people's bodies. The infrared cameras pick up where those kind of reflective markers are in space. And from that, we calculate your joint angles as they change over time, and we calculate how much forces are are going to be going uh, through the body. Now, the big problem with that is it's a pretty expensive system. Usually, they're a few hundred thousand dollars. That's how we've gotten into the markerless motion capture space and and trying to make that a lot cheaper for the general uh, population. But what I would say is the, the most common and in a lot of ways surprising finding, and you'll hear this from the guys at driveline baseball as well, is that a biomechanics assessment is not going to give you all of your answers. It's not going to give you a magic kind of key that says, this is what you need to do to start throwing harder or how you stay healthy. But what we have found is that doing repeated biomechanics assessments over time, that's a really good way to track your progress to see if you're fatiguing, to see how your different drills or your different exercises you've been doing are are improving your mechanics. That's probably the best way that we've seen biomechanics assessments used in baseball pitching.
0: So I recently heard of a kid younger than me going to get two biomechanical lab tests done this past year, and they aren't cheap. So can (laughs) you tell us when it makes sense to go get a biomechanics lab uh, to evaluate your movement?
1: If you're very serious about playing baseball and you're competing in in on multiple teams and you're trying to get a scholarship or you're trying to get into the pros it does make sense to have your your motion capture completed ideally anybody who pitches or anybody who's playing baseball it would be great to have a biomechanics assessment but we've talked about how much some of these things cost. And what I would tell you is that if you're uh, on that kind of borderline in baseball and somebody's offering you a multiple hundred dollar or multiple thousand dollar biomechanics assessment with one of these fancy labs or anything there, you're probably going to see a better return on your investment if you put that money towards proper coaching, getting, getting stronger, having good nutrition. That's likely going to be where your money is best spent. as opposed to spending thousands of dollars on these assessments. If you can find ways to get those assessments done a lot cheaper and still get similar data, that's definitely the best way you can maximize your development.
0: So you're looking to change the way biomechanics are evaluated with your app, ProPitch AI. Can you tell us what you think will happen in the next couple of years of biomechanics? And how is using the app compared to the lab different? And why do you see some people currently using the app?
1: Yeah, so this could be a long answer. Uh, The biggest change we're gonna see in biomechanics in the next year to to three years is just ease of access uh, to the data. Like I was mentioning before, it's a $100,000 lab plus $1,000 assessment. Most of the time when you've got somebody throwing in that lab, they're in their underwear, they're wearing these reflective markers. It's typically cold because you can't have people sweating too much. It's not really the most reflective um, of the actual in-game throwing, despite it being a very accurate biomechanics assessment. So technology like ours with ProPlay AI, it's going to go a long way to giving everybody access to that biomechanics data and it being used, like I was mentioning before, tracking your progress over time, evaluating as you've had an increased workload. So working alongside things like that modus sleeve or calculating your fatigue units, calculating your workload, and then seeing how your mechanics change alongside that workload or alongside your velocity increases or decreases. That's going to become a lot more accessible to the players at all levels and our real goal with ProPlay ai is to just reduce those barriers both from the financial standpoint but also the need to be in a lab we want it so that you can take out your phone zoom in on, on your teammates or, or yourself while you're pitching uh, on the mound in a game and get an accurate assessment of your biomechanics right then and there
0: so you have been collecting a lot more biomechanical data now that you have a bunch of people using the app What are some of the most interesting data points you're seeing and what are you learning from them?
1: I think the most interesting assessment that I've seen was somebody on Twitter posted a video of Tim Lincecum throwing back in his heyday when he was with the Giants. And everybody always talked about how his mobility was so elite and at his size, how he could throw so hard. And then when we ran his assessments it it was really cool to just see like how much of an outlier he was. His hip to shoulder separation was really high compared to a, a database of pros that we have. His arm speed was really high as well. He just moved in a way that was just so incredibly so just so incredibly unlike anybody else. You wouldn't want to go out there and say, go throw like Tim Lincecum. He's a freak for, for a reason. Like I was mentioning, I, I think one of the more surprising things is we've built a database of a lot of throwers that are between you know, 85 and 100 miles an hour. And there's a lot of similarities between those individuals when you start breaking things down, which just lends uh, a lot more importance to making sure that you're following good gym, uh, good gym etiquette and protocols and being consistent with your training, really making sure that you're bringing strength training, your nutrition, your sports psychology, all of those things you're taking care of. And if you take care of those things, a lot of the times the mechanics take care of themselves.
0: So once the app is in the hands of the public, what are some key metrics people should look to improve first?
1: So I think one of the most simplistic things that we often look at is your stride length. Taking a longer stride towards home plate, that's very highly correlated with, with an increase in throwing velocity. I do think one of the more important things that you can look at is just your consistency in your in your delivery. You wanna see things being relatively the same pitch after pitch. Or even getting into things like you want to make sure that you're not you're not changing how you throw when you're throwing your fastball versus your curveball, because those things can tip off hitters. Uh, a lot of those metrics, I think, have been really, really insightful for a lot of the people that are using Pitch AI.
0: So one of the interesting metrics you are quantifying that I've not seen anywhere else is deception. So can we discuss what that is, what it looks like for some of the best pitchers in the world, and maybe some cues to help pitchers improve it?
1: Yeah. So what deception is in the pitch AI app is it's a way for you to see how much time after your front foot hits the ground, the hitter is going to be able to see the ball. So the idea there is that you want somebody who can hide the ball well and make it very difficult on the hitter to pick up what might be coming out of your hand. Now, there's a few things that go into it. If you have really good deception from our perspective and you throw really hard, not only is the, the hitter going to have less time to see the ball, the ball is also going to be on them a lot faster. So it is a definite kind of play between how well uh, you hide the ball, how hard you throw the ball, and then how similar your various pitches look coming out of the hand. Now, what we found there, and even working with, with Nate Pearson uh, from the Toronto Blue Jays, we found that Nate's middle of the road when it comes to maybe some of his deception, and he's working hard to to make sure that he hides the ball well, and some of the things that he's working on this off season. But when you throw 102 miles an hour and have a 91 mile an hour or a slider, maybe some of those things don't don't matter as much. We do know that there's a lot of professional teams that are really excited about that metric and are really looking hard at, at how they, they validate it and, and how much of a role it plays in, you know, success at the highest levels of baseball.
0: So on this podcast, i like to end with more a general question. So if you can pick three pitchers ever to go and get a biomechanical lab, who are you picking
1: Tim Lincecum would have been at the top of the list, and I'm really happy that we were able to get some of his data. Any of those those 1980s guys that didn't look like they, they were much physically, that would be really exciting to see. I'd say Pedro Martinez would be a, a pitcher I would love to get in a biomechanics lab for his physical size and how hard he threw and how durable he was. That would be super, super exciting to to look at his mechanics over time. I would also really enjoy looking at a more in-depth analysis of guys like Tom Seaver. He threw in such a unique way. It was just so different than what's taught nowadays, but had such a, a great career. So that would be really exciting too. And then being up here in Canada and, and outside of Toronto, having Roy Halliday one of the best questions, things I heard about Roy was that Anybody who was faster than him wasn't better than him and anybody better than him wasn't faster than him. He was so durable for so long in his career and just such a, a great pitcher. I would love to get a really in-depth look at his mechanics. Yeah,
0: those are, those are three really good pitchers right there. <laughs> so where can people find out more about you and your resources?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dr. Mike Son and find out more about our Pitch AI app at ProPlayAI.com.
0: Mike, thank you so much for playing ball. <laughs> hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. Don't forget to play ball, kid.